Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by Parabolic Performance and Rehab in Little Falls, New Jersey. And we hear from current Columbia University defensive lineman and former Bergen Catholic football and wrestling standout, Danny DiLorenzi. Danny takes us through his physical, mental, and emotional recovery from a lumbar spine fracture, which sidelined him during his junior football season. We also hear from his physical therapist at Parabolic, Dr. Danielle Clark, and she explains the clinical aspects of Danny's rehab. Be sure to go over to headsandtails.org for detailed show notes on this episode and to learn more about what the team at Parabolic has to offer. This is Kevin Som, and you're listening to the Heads and Tails Podcast. We share stories of perseverance and inspiration in sports and in life. All right, so we're here for part two of our, our educational series with Parabolic Performance and Rehab. Um, today we're with the resident podcast uh, co-host, um, Dr. Danielle Clark, and we're here with Bergen Catholic uh, standout athlete uh, Danny DiLorenzi. And Danny, it was a what kind of uh, cervical? Was it a cervical spine fracture? It was lumbar, um, lumbar spine. Yeah, right? lumbar. That was yeah. that was part one part of one. Uh, <laughs> our, our series was a, a cervical. So yours is lumbar. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna get into that eventually. Um, but let's just start off by talking about like what sports you played growing up and. What kind of led you to the the football wrestling uh, combo? Um, well, so when I was little, I, I want to say like three years old, um, my dad actually had me start playing soccer because uh, he played in high school and he played soccer in high school. Yeah, so he didn't know I, he was gonna have a beast of a child. No, nah, that wasn't his <laughs> plan. I definitely would have thought he played football too. Oh, he's a big dude in college. Finally, <laughs> didn't even in high school though. So he played soccer like it was football. Okay. But um, <laughs> so they actually had to kick me out of my league because I was tackling kids oh, and that kind of. That kind of led me into football um, when I was like four or five. So much aggression. Uh, yeah, so from there, I uh, <laughs> played fly football for a few years, and finally my dad took me to a wrestling practice one day in like first grade, and it was uh, kind of... Did you think it was like WWF or... Yeah, I went in there, I was like, all right, let's just start headlocking people and throwing yeah. people around. Jumping um, off of the stage. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. So um, kind of just took off from there, and then every day it was either, you know, wrestling practice or doing something for football when I was little. All right, man. Um, so just kind of led into so what kind of injuries did you experience throughout your uh, career leading up to your lumbar spine uh, <laughs> fracture um, so for the most part when I was little I was okay I had uh, Seavers disease when I was in probably fourth to like eighth grade what's um, that so that's uh, the growth plates in your heel um, while you're growing the tendons and stuff are pulling on the growth plates okay. and it makes it very painful to walk and run so I had to deal with that for like four or five years well, I'm sure you're growing I don't want to uh, <laughs> I don't want to say anything that's going to ma- make this kid mad over here <laughs> so uh, he's enormous <laughs> how old are you I'm uh, 19 okay jeez yeah <laughs> I wish so, I looked like that when I was 19 I'm still trying to get that big but, <laughs> but yeah I, uh, so I had that for a few years and then I was okay for the most part health wise and um then in I did eighth grade twice, so my first eighth grade year. Just because uh, you liked it, or no, I was I was way too small to play football in high school. I was about 120 pounds my first eighth grade oh, okay. year. Oh, okay. So I decided <laughs> I needed to do it again. Um, <laughs> but uh, I broke my hand in three places and messed my wrist up my first eighth grade year, um, and then going to my second eighth grade year, I broke my hand again. Same hand. Same hand. Uh, it was a boxer fracture the second time, so kind of or it. What is it? Like it's collapses fifth, in, yeah. Yeah, the fifth, fifth metacarpal. Yeah. The um, what? Fifth metacarpal. <laughs> so, Not yeah. Metaparsal. Yeah. <laughs> that <foot? laughs> That's the foot. Oh, okay. So, that was fun. Um, then I broke it again freshman year. Um, he just so liked breaking his hand. Yeah, it, 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 was, really not, it was not an enjoyable experience. Um, and then, so sophomore year, uh, I made about halfway through the football season, and I got clipped on a punt return and put my leg out to stop myself. 
and hyperextended my leg and tore my calf uh, right up near the knee. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so that one was fun. The uh, trainer on the sideline told me I tore my ACL, and I was out for about eight or nine months after that. Oh, but damn. it turns out I was okay. Um, so no ACL. No ACL. A- <laughs> I, had an, I had a trainer and a doctor on the sideline telling me my ACL was completely gone and possibly my PCL was gone too. Um, and then I went to the ortho- orthopedic like 20 minutes later, and he was like, yeah, your leg's fine. Like You just have a torn calf. So oh. that was fun. That it's was a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a big swing of emotions, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was bad. So um, that took about a month to heal from. Then I had a wrestling season, and I was okay. Um, and then junior year um, – Going into junior year, I think it was May, we were lifting with the football team, and um, we were doing power cleans. And I love power cleans. Yeah, <laughs> enjoyable. Um, but, yeah, we were doing power cleans. feel like such an animal. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how weight rooms get in high school, you know, try and be the bigger, biggest guy in the room, do the most weight. It doesn't um, change. Let me, let me yeah, uh, no. tell you that. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you're still in high school. It's <laughs> okay. Had, he's learned a lot, and yeah, now nah, he knows what he's doing. Now I know what I'm capable of and what I should and should not do. All um, right. But I was just like, we were doing 225. I didn't have any, you know, form or anything, so I was just muscling the weight. We did five sets of five. Um, and afterwards we went out to do sprints and I took off on a sprint, felt a pop, thought it was my hamstring. Um, and then turns out three months later, we find out that it was my lower back. Three months later. Yeah. I bet I spent about a month thinking it was my hamstring. I hit it from my dad cause my dad kind of gets annoyed when I get hurt. So, <laughs> All uh, right. I, I hit it from him for a little while. <laughs> um, and then, uh, finally we decided to go get it checked out. Um, and they actually initially told me it was my, um, SI joint. They told me I put, like uh, had a slight tear in my SI joint. Uh, a lot of so, misdiagnosis for you. Yeah, huh? it wasn't it wasn't a good experience. <laughs> um, so we did a lot of therapy for that. Uh, it really didn't do anything. And finally, we found out. I think it was almost mid July that it was my lower back, my S1. Um, so we took about a month and a half off. I was in a back brace, like a light back brace. This is during the football season? This is Yeah, this is during the preseason. So I missed almost the entire football season or entire preseason at this point. Um, so I was able to come back and start running like August 11th. Um, and then about two weeks later, I was able to start playing again, like full pads. And miss, having missed the whole preseason, I decided what what better way to come back than to just start running around full speed and hitting people as hard as I can. Yeah, and, probably uh, not. <laughs> about a week later, we were doing sprints in the gym, and I did about two of them and couldn't walk again. So um, the same issue? Same, I thought it was the same thing. I thought it didn't heal. Went back to the orthopedic again, and uh turns out I fractured my L5 on the left side and then my S1 on the right side. So, um, Dr. Clark, is that because – do you think that happened because he was just – uh like wasn't ready to come back or is yeah so he probably took i mean he took off that time he didn't really do a lot and then he just went back in full speed and like posturally um oh, in that God, extension again, there's that posture again. <laughs> i know it, it always comes back to that right um you know he's he's a little predisposed to it he's also you know playing football and hitting people so that impact over right. and over again in that extended position is gonna kind of predispose that and then he at that point had no core musculature to support it either um so it essentially just, you know, kind of gave way, put you back in that position to re-injure the, you know, it was a similar thing. It just, you know, at a different spot. Right. And were you, were you guys working together at this point or no, no. not yet. Not I kind of figured. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, but before be we pretty get bad, if it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Clark, yeah, uh, Danny, definitely go out there. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. <laughs> go ahead first. Um, okay, no, I got so him after the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into kind of like being away from, uh, or not being able to play for a while. 
Uh, Dr. Clark, what kind of, you know, do you see more football athletes or wrestling athletes that, that come into um, parabolic to I mean, get treated? We kind of see a combination um, because, like, here at parabolic, we do some a lot of the combine prep training and stuff like that. We right. do see a lot of football. Um, but um, we also see wrestlers and with MMA kind of continuing right. to build we see a lot of fighters also do you see similar injuries or like do like all a lot of football players come in with like the same issues or a lot of wrestlers come in with the same issues um wrestlers tend to be a little bit more like shoulder knee kind of stuff i mean they it's a kind of runs the gamut yeah I mean, it's just when, a, you're, when you're when you're using your body the way that they do either yeah. way um it, it kind of can be can kind of be anything all right um all right, so Danny, so you were out of football for how long after this second um, go-around? Three months I was in a back brace. So what was kind of like going through your head mentally and emotionally being away from, you know, football and watching your team go out there? Uh, that was a very hard three months. Um, so I actually was, you know, supposed to start junior year. I was actually um, – I had a spot on the team. I was supposed to start a linebacker. Um, so, you know, being on the sideline and seeing people play, right. play in my Burn position. Catholic is like – the creme de la creme of yeah. high school football. So. so, yeah, so there was a lot of good games that I was just kind of standing there and watching for, and I, I, I did whatever I could to help the team out. Um, like like what? I actually, for uh, the defense, I would go up in the box with the coaches, okay. and um, I'd write the plays down and kind of keep tabs of what was going on and help them out uh, up in the box. All right. Um, which you know, did they come to you and, and be like, no, yeah, I, uh, I actually got myself involved with that because I couldn't stand standing there and yeah. doing nothing anymore, especially when it was cold out. So it was yeah. hard to stand there. And do <laughs> yeah, stand aside. I like go over the press box and have nice <laughs> hot chocolate, <laughs> exactly. donuts. So, um, but yeah, it, it was smart. It was. <laughs> I guess we know why he's going to Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a rough experience though, especially um, seeing all my friends, you know, in and out of school having fun enjoying playing football something that i love to do and you know not being able to do anything about it i couldn't even move faster than a walk with my back brace on um so it, it was rough it was it made me sad to be able or to not be able to play and sad to not be able to join my friends on the field and right. get a whole year of football in with them so it was it was a tough experience yeah but i think that's a good example of like you going out on your own to kind of figure out you know something else that you can do to help yeah. the team and also stay warm so. exactly yeah <laughs> that, was, that was good so dr clark when did you start working with danny was it around this time or? uh so it was around november okay. that year um, and I will never forget the day they first came in. Why? <laughs> Him and his dad came in, and his dad was like, he's been in a back brace for the last three months, and he hasn't done anything, and he needs to wrestle in, like, four weeks. <laughs> Let's go. Ready break. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, like, how do we? How do you make this happen? <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> we should have got Mr. DeLorenzi um, on this podcast. I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, so... You know, and he comes in and he's, you know, out of shape and That's an he <laughs> heavy. He was he was very soft. <laughs> it was like the Pillsbury <laughs> like Doughboy. A little doughy. Um, and I was like, oh, boy, I hope this kid is, like, ready to work because yeah. it's a – I mean, after three months of doing nothing, especially being in braced a back – Braced, too, yeah. Being braced like that, everything atrophies quickly. You know, your motor skills, you know, stop working – the way that even just posturally um so i was like i really hope this kid's ready to work because we've <laughs> got a lot of stuff we've got do. a we've got a time limit and so um, what kind of stuff did you guys uh, so work it was on? a lot of i mean he was at that point he was pretty much out of pain um 
which which made it easier and we did a lot of core stability work so deeper deeper core work um not necessarily you know people think core they think abs and that um, this is going back to like the a, breathing thing again goes back to breathing it goes back to a little bit of all of that but for him i mean we were going back to the baseline of just re reintegrating deeper core stability so like your transverse abdominus is you know kind of like a corset kind of thing around your um your whole midsection and that's like a deeper core muscle that people don't you know kind of forget how to use a lot of the time so that's something that we started with and then you know kind of continued to build upon that that right. core work and then incorporating you know full so, body stuff because he was going you know he had to be going strong right pretty quickly so danny what was it like during this part of your recovery process like were you like oh uh, i mean i was like no or? i was extremely motivated i actually enjoyed coming here every day and actually doing something for the first time in a while um it was really hard. No, I would have uh, never guessed that. <laughs> Especially, yeah, the core work. Um, I wasn't ready for that. I was, you know, 25 pounds overweight and not really ready to do any of that stuff. But um, I, I came here every day ready to work and enjoying what I was doing, finally doing something other than laying in bed or walking around. Awesome. So It's a good yeah, good and, mindset. And that makes, I mean, that's the, like, the number one thing that made such a difference because, you know, I could tell Dan to do something and he would be like, okay, this really, you know, he might have complained a little bit about it, but he was ready to do it. And if I was like, you need to do these things at home, he would do it or his dad would make sure he did it. <laughs> Got done um, no matter what. No, but he's, I mean, he's an athlete and something, uh, you know, when you have somebody that's like a true athlete and is, you know, driven and dedicated right. to do it, it's, it's going to take it that much further. Cool. So he came back, he came back very quickly and, you know, started activating things a lot quicker than some people might. Okay, so you didn't play any football that season. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So then you went right into wrestling. Yeah. yeah. All right, so when you went into wrestling, were you, like, hesitant, you know, to – No, it was kind of the same mindset of that or? week that I came back for football. It's just, like, I'm going in head right. first as hard as I can. And so you're still, you're still fearless. You yeah, know, no, kinda... I, whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But turns out this right. time I was ready to actually go back. All right, so. cool. So what I kind of want to – I'm curious about because I never wrestled. I played probably every sport known to man except wrestling. But as always, I always tell this story because in our weight room in our high school, there was like a glass door that separated the weight room from the wrestling room. And we would be lifting for football in the winter. And we would see these kids like steaming up the glass and writing like, help me on the window. I'm like, I am not doing that ever. But what's also interesting to me about wrestling is that although it is a team sport, it's also very individualized. Like it's just you out there. Like if you win, you get all the glory. If you lose, like – you're the asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So how do On you, you. Yeah, so like how do you kind of deal with those kind of wins and losses, ups and downs, like in you know, in comparison to football where like you can kind of blend in and like mess up and no one at least in the stands probably knows but your coach will rip you a new <laughs> yeah. one the next day. But um I mean for me, since I had been doing it so long, it was kinda just like a trial and error process. So when I was little, I mean obviously I you cried. Cry. Yeah, I cried. My dad would <laughs> yell at me, tell tell me there's no crying after you lose, that kind of stuff. Um but so, you did it anyway, just so you can get ice cream. Yeah, exactly. It's like all right, I get I get, you know, presents after I win matches, so it's a good thing. Um but for me it was just kinda like a learning process when I was as I was growing up, it was like, All right, I lost, now how I'm gonna react to this. And over time, I kind of just uh, developed, in, you know, the mindset that, you know, losing, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. It sucks, but it's it's all right. There's more matches after this. There's always another, you know, match to be wrestled. Um, so if I, you know, if I take myself out of it completely now, I'm not even going to be able to win, you know, the 
not yeah, you just take yourself forward. out mentally. Yeah. So, and it's a lot of, uh, as weird as it may sound, like drawing into yourself. Um, so for me at wrestling tournaments, even when I'm with the team, I'll do my own thing. I'll space out. I'll like lay between bleachers and kind of just hang out and do my own thing. I'll put my headphones on and I kind of just withdraw into myself and my own thoughts. And, uh, that kind of sets me straight and gets me ready to wrestle again. Um, gives me the ability to get past anything that I did wrong, any mistakes, and get me, you know, ready to go right. out there like nothing happened in the first place. Cool. What was your most memorable or like worst loss? And like, what would you do after? Worst loss. Um, he that, was like so mad. Or <laughs> what was it? That would probably be at Regions my freshman year. Um, so Regions is a tournament before you go to states. Uh, it's like the second in like the series of three tournaments to get to states. And uh, I was wrestling a kid that I had beat earlier in the year at um, at the uh, county tournament. And uh, it was a close match. I think it was like 1-1 or something like that. And I think I got taken down at like the end of the match. And my dad, I looked up at him, <laughs> and he was just sitting there shaking his head at me. And I walked off the mat, and he was so mad, and my coaches were kind of mad at me. And I remember walking out to the car, and I asked my mom if I could drive home with her instead. And my dad wasn't having any of that. And then that night was just, like, one of the craziest nights of my life. So how'd so. you bounce back from that? Um, Always comes back to dad. Yeah. A big part of my life. So, But uh, that was just, like, you know, I just got to let this go and go wrestle the next day. So the next day I had one more match to see if I could keep going uh, or if I was out of it. And I ended up losing close match. It was, like, 3-1. But um, it was just one of those. It was like, all right, like – Going into next year, I just got to wrestle like I don't want this to happen again. Yeah, I don't use want it as situations fuel. again. So, um, yeah, that was one of those where it was just kind of like it was a bad experience, but at the same time it was a good experience. Dr. Clark, do you have uh, an instance that you remember from your own athletic career or anything? Jeez. Oh, of the worst loss or something? <laughs> worst loss. Oh, not really. I mean, there were plenty of them. <laughs> you can't. None, st- none I mean, stick out. Nothing really, just a lot of bad falls, like you know, slamming my face on the beam <laughs> in the middle of a in the middle of a meet and having to finish it with my eyes closed. That right. was a pretty tough one. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean there were there were ups and downs all the time. So and that was a long, long time yeah. ago now. <laughs> I, one that one that sticks out for me in my head is it was in baseball, and I think it's my senior yeah my senior season. It was like kind of snowing out, so it was like early in the season. But I was so bad this game. I, like, struck out three times, my first three at-bats. I remember the fourth at-bat I come, it's, like, runner on first and second, two outs. Like, if I get a hit, basically we win. Like, it's, like, (laughs) bottom of the ninth or whatever. It's all up to you. Yeah, so (laughs) my coach calls timeout, and he calls me on the sideline or up, like, the foul line. And he's like, Kevin, if you don't get a hit here, He's like, you're never, you're not playing for the rest of the week. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> so I get the, so I, like the next pitch or whatever, I swing and I hit this like swinging bunt kind of thing, like <laughs> to the pitcher. It was like the worst, ugliest hit ever. I get thrown out and then we, I don't I freak, honestly, I forget if we won or, won or lost because that's all I remember. <laughs> I was like, that was definitely the tough, lowest of low. Tough moments. <laughs> yeah. Swinging bunt to the pitcher. It's horrible. <laughs> Um, all right. So, Dr. Clark, mm-hmm. do you see, like, with this individualization, you know, between football and wrestling, you know, football, obviously, team sport, wrestling, a little more individualized, do you notice a difference in, like, personalities that, in athletes that come in, like, based on sport, not just football and wrestling, but? 
Yeah, I mean, there definitely, there definitely is, um, and it's it's kind of like it's kind of hard to pinpoint, and that's why I think, you know, when you have somebody that does plays different sports, you get a very well-rounded kind of individual. They have that team aspect. They have um, that individual mentality too, so they can kind of separate those things. Kind of how he was talking about like wrestling versus football, um, and it's not necessarily like good versus bad, you know right, good yeah. or bad it's just a different, different it's a different personality you have to have a different mindset going into right things um you know gymnastics was pretty much an individual sport until college um so it's very individualized but you spend so much time with those people so like even in wrestling he spent so much time with those people they become part of your family and your team um even though it's an in you know an, an individual thing right essentially um so there's definitely t- personality differences it's just a it's a hard to pinpoint kind of thing. Right. Um, so do you think that wrestling made you a better football player and fo- playing football made you a better wrestler, like in, in any way? Uh, yeah, I want to say definitely uh, both ways. They both made me better at each sport. Um, like what specifically? So for wrestling, kind of just like that never give up, never stop attitude because you have to have that if you want to keep you know wrestling and win matches. Right. When you're um, pinned on your back, you got yeah. When you got to wait, you got to fight unpinned. for your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that kind of it, it that carries over. Um, back and forth uh so for football you know you're fighting some guy who's you know 300 pounds and you have no choice but to do what you have to do for both your team and yourself you know you get yelled at by your coach or yelled at by your teammates so or your dad yeah or your dad <laughs> you look up at the bleachers and he's over there shaking his head at you so um you get that mentality where you just love like, you dad <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like never stop never never stop fighting never give up that kind of thing and it carries over to football and then same thing from football you know, doing your job always and making sure that, you know, you're you're almost as perfect as you can be because, you know, if you make one mistake in football, it can cost the whole team. So you learn to, you know, be as perfect as possible no matter what through any position and, you know, do everything perfectly and kind of account for any different differences in what's going to happen in that situation. And for wrestling, that helps a lot because you never know what the other guy's going to do. You never know what's going to happen when you try to move and he reacts to it. So you're kind of ready to react to anything and do whatever you're going to do next almost as perfect as possible, you know, lest you mess up and get put on your back or right. taken down and lose points that you don't want to lose. So it carries over in different ways, but it, it definitely they help each other and uh, make each other better, you know. Awesome. So. Uh, Dr. Clark, are there any, like, other disciplines that are non, like, traditional PT-related that you guys use, like, in your therapy? Um. I mean, like, example, like Pilates or, like – yoga or <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's kind of ends up being a combination of of a bunch of different things so we use that you know Pilates and yoga type stuff in terms of core stability work and that kind of thing um you know we don't necessarily call it that maybe right. um and then in terms of like modality stuff like we obviously we dry needle here I don't know if you've I could dry needle all the time so okay. I know what it is but <laughs> basically yeah there's like these they're really thin needles right yeah really but they're long yeah. And you go into the muscle belly or there whatever. You go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only like a twice a week uh, event for me. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, they, they push it in. Eventually, like, it twitches the muscle. She's evil. She yeah. She does it. Honestly, <laughs> if it, if it, my, my physical therapist right now is uh, Megan, if you're listening to this, thing. you. <laughs> um, but I honestly like, don't even feel it when it goes in, really. Uh, yeah, she it, she it likes depends. to play with it. She'll put it in, and then she'll twist it around and move it like a joystick, <laughs> that kind of thing. She, she you has feel that? Yeah. <laughs> you feel it? Yeah. Does it hurt? I'm sorry. Well, does she, <laughs> does she put the stim pad or the stem on it? No, she doesn't we do that. We haven't done that one. You got to try. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I do. 
Maybe uh, tomorrow, Dan. <laughs> um, and then obviously like the you guys with the Olympics going on right now, Michael Phelps oh, the cupping, cupping yeah. thing. So what is that? You know, we I, do some of that. Too. I saw a bunch of articles, but I didn't feel like reading. So. <laughs> um, so essentially, it's uh the the cup that you put on. There's um either a pump or um some people use like a heat, like a fire kind of thing. Um, creates a negative pressure underneath the cup and it kind of decompresses the tissue. Um, so it separates the layers of tissue and uh, resets blood flow to that area. Uh, so it, it kind of helps with some mobility stuff. Um, it looks really cool. You know, yeah. it, it obviously causes those circles <laughs> depending. I mean, if it's an area of dysfunction that needs to be worked on, then, um, you know, then it'll turn red. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. My head is an area of dysfunction. Maybe we'll try that after. Walk around with that. That'd be pretty cool. But Dan, Dan tends to like the cupping yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. We'll use it it's for useful. some recovery type stuff too. It's not as um, scary as needles. No, <laughs> needles are very intimidating. All right, Danny. So we talked about your lowest moment. So let's talk about your highest moment. What was your favorite memory from football and wrestling? Um, so football would probably be when we played St. Joe's Montvale this year. Um, so close game was like 10-7 all the way up until the end of the game. Uh, this is like two weeks after we lost our quarterback, so it was kind of a, it was a struggle for the entire team. Um, and so finally, like 30 seconds left, we drive down, we get down to like the 20-yard line, and our kicker is actually a freshman um, playing varsity with us, which is not you know a regular thing to happen. And uh, so it comes down to him. We're losing by three points, and we need need a field goal to tie it up and go into overtime. And uh, he nails it. And so we're in overtime. And this is a, the third year in a row, actually, we were in overtime with them. And uh, I think it might have been, like, the second or third drive in overtime from, like, the 20 or 25, wherever they start. And our quarterback, who's playing his second game of the year, he's a sophomore, scrambles out. And it looks like he's about to get tackled. looks like it's about to be, like, the end of the drive. It's like a third down. It's like a movie. Yeah, it was like a movie. <laughs> and scrambles out, and all of a sudden we see our junior tight end, who was also filling in for our tight end, who just actually fractured his back, like, a week prior. Another back fracture. Yeah, and you see him kind of break out in the middle of the entire pack. Quarterback throws it, nails him right in the chest, past a bunch of defenders. He falls down in the end zone, and that was it. That was the end of the game. We won right then and there. Wow. And it was just, like, one of those where it was just, like, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Like, yeah. I'm never going to see anything like that again. And it wasn't personally me. I was on defense. Um, yeah, linebacker. Yeah, so I wasn't really, like, a big part of that whole Burn know, Catholic linebacker, like you. <laughs> but, yeah. You and Cushing. <laughs> but uh, being on the field and being part of the team, that was – you know, accomplished that and won that game was probably the highest point of my football career at Bergen. Um, highest point of my wrestling career was last year, actually, um, after my back and having a few weeks into the season, we were wrestling Don Bosco. And um, I honestly don't even know what happened. We were, we were the best team in the state, wrestling really well. And we come into this match thinking we're going to blow them out. And all of a sudden, we're losing going into the last match. And you're heavyweight, so. Uh, this, I was actually 195. Oh, um, at this point? At this point. This was junior year. Okay. And um, we get into the last match. It comes down to me. Uh, and I, if I win, we win. If I lose, we lose. So oh, it's man. What's going through your head? I better win this. Yeah. <laughs> don't lose. And, actually, and don't look in the stands. <laughs> the extra factor to that was the kid that I was wrestling. I had actually lost to the year prior. 
uh, he pinned me in the county finals. Oh, I was beating man. him, and I did something stupid, and he pinned me. So it was kind of like – That'll mess with your head a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so now I had all these different factors floating around in my head, like, you know, our our titles, number one team in the States on my back. Like, I lost to this kid already. Like, crap. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Here we go. But I guess – I don't Sleeping know. over grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of blanked out, I guess, for a little bit, and was just like, all right, I just got to go wrestle. And I did, and I didn't do anything stupid, just kind of wrestled a solid match, and – did mostly basic stuff and beat him up a little bit on top as much as I could, kind of keep him down so I didn't have to do anything extra and ended up winning 7-2 and, you know, walking off the mat and being the one that saved the, the match. and With your arm raised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> being, the, being the victor at the end of that was the probably the coolest experience. Um, second coolest would probably be taking fourth in the state, but that doesn't parallel to beating your uh, your rival school in the last match possible. Yeah, <laughs> so, awesome. But uh, great, great experience. Cool. Um so which sport do you think requires more toughness? And what's your, like, definition of toughness? Like, what do you think makes someone tough versus – So we'll keep there's – I want to say there's a two, <laughs> the two, almost two different types of toughness um, when it comes to football and wrestling. So wrestling is almost a more of a mental toughness um, because it's so much of a grind and so much of an endurance uh, sport almost where – it's you know you have to be able to survive and be able to work harder and longer embracing than the, the suck as they say exactly <laughs> embracing the suck and being able to like process that in your head while you know your heart rate's at 190 beats per minute and the guy in front of you is trying to beat you up and kill you and you know the match is you know one point apart difference and it's just there's a different type of toughness than football where it's a lot of physical toughness you know you're getting hit over and over again you got to be able to get up and get back on the line and get ready to play again and that's a lot of mental toughness too. Obviously, it's still grind, but it's it doesn't compare mentally as much to when you know it's the f- it's five minutes and thirty seconds into a match and you can't even think straight and you have to win and right. you know you have to get yourself together and get ready to just keep wrestling. So definitely glad I didn't wrestle. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's an experience that you know it's not like any other. But yeah, so wrestling is more of a mental, I would say, and football is definitely a, a more physical one. But they both embody both physical and right. mental toughness. Dr. Clark, what does toughness mean to you? I think it's a combination of that. I think, it, you know, uh, like overall toughness is going to be having both of those components, mental and physical. And mental not only being like being in that in the moment experience, but, you know, coming back from something and recognizing when – when your body's breaking down and you shouldn't be doing that and being able to step back and say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to like suck it up, step out for a second and then, you know, figure out a way to get back as quickly and as safely as I can. Right. Um, because that, you know, when you're out like that, it's tough to, it's really tough to see, see your team playing and seeing other people progress and, you're just kind of hanging out. I think that's stagnant. You know, yeah. one of those eating donuts <laughs> in the press box. Exactly. <laughs> one of those things that's you know, you can be physically tough, but if you keep going until you completely break, then you're yeah. done. So being able to balance that mental and physical it takes aspect a tough person. of it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. So, uh, who would you describe as uh, Danny? Who, who would you describe as the toughest person you know? Uh, gonna go with my dad on this one. Yeah, <laughs> a lot right, of dad. it comes back to he dad. Might, he might beat you up. If you don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean he's definitely the toughest person I know mentally, mentally, physically. Um, I mean he's also a little stubborn when it comes to it, so that might be factored into his toughness. Uh, pretty sure he tore his meniscus a few years ago, and we were like, you should probably do something about that. And he said, Nah, like whatever. I'm I'm in my fifties. It doesn't matter at this point. Like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. I'm just gonna let it go. So. 
Um, That's and the then, spirit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Let your body fall apart. That's fine. Um, but mentally, he uh, he's the most resilient person I've ever met in my entire life. He doesn't break. He doesn't stop. He's always thinking. He's always moving on to the next thing. You know, he keeps everything in a line and everything organized. And, I mean, he has to do it with his job, but it's also how he lives his life at home and with us. And it makes a big difference. Um, he does security at MetLife Stadium, so... His weekends on uh, on a weekly basis is defending eighty thousand people from anything and everything. Wow! Um, so he's got to make sure tough, yeah, yeah. he's got to make sure he's got his all all his ducks in a row. So he uh, his resilience is incredible. Um, so definitely him. Cool. I see where you get it from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Clark, who's the toughest person that you you know? I'm gonna say Dan's dad too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good idea, <laughs> Mr. DeLorenzi, I think you're the toughest man I know also. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I would probably, you know, it's a hard question because there's so many factors, but um, I would probably say my grandfather um, because he's 90, he's going to be 90 in January and he's like, will do anything. Yeah. <laughs> he recently, last year, popped up on the shed, like the roof of his shed and was, I don't know what he was doing, <laughs> but he ended up falling off, fracturing his cervical spine and, you know coming out of it like all right no all, all okay <laughs> anyone anyone either house pain had obviously had a cervical fusion and and did that but um, did you do his rehab um no he lives in long on long island strong so. island as they say <laughs> <laughs> um so he did it out there but he's he's definitely a definitely a tough guy he's been through a lot uh, military and all that stuff and has seen some stuff and you know also has like a just a, a mental overall mental toughness but that's not outwardly outwardly so so all right grandpa clark yeah <laughs> awesome um okay so how or dr clark how do you educate athletes on their injury so it is, is, is that important in their recovery to kind of understand what's going on so then they don't go you know back to playing too soon yeah so i mean that's one of my biggest, you know, one of my biggest philosophies and one of my, you know, the th one of the things I try to get across to athletes um, because a lot of times, you know, they come through here, they go off to college and they do their own thing. So for somebody to, for an athlete to know why, you know, why they got injured in the first place, what, you know, what they needed to do to get back and what they need to do to continue to prevent those things, I think is, you know, a hundred percent paramount in, in continuing to be injury free. And, you know, it's one of the biggest things I'll continue forever to push on Dan is, you know, you have to do some of this stuff. If, you know, if you're going to be an athlete and you're going to go through, um, these, these hard practices, these hard games, you need to be resilient to that. And, um, being able to maintain their, maintain their bodies is, is essential. So, um, you know, if they understand why they're doing certain things, I can tell him to do exercises all day long. But if he doesn't really like know why he's doing it, right? He's not gonna want to do it, and there's gonna be no no carry over there. So, I mean, I wish you know, back in the day, I wish somebody was like, okay, this is why this is happening. Right. Um, I mean, it's just you know, kind of how how I work. I need to know like why I'm doing something, or else. You know, why am I doing it? Right. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's for any, you know, any person. Really. Exactly. Yeah. I coached CrossFit for <clears throat> a while, like kind of after my sports career was over. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like when I would coach people, it's like, 
if you don't say why, then mm-hmm. like, why should they listen to you? Right. Like, they don't exactly. You could be anyone, like Joe Schmo off the street, and <laughs> even if you just make it up, why? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm Some, sometimes it's a mental game too. Yeah, you see it on YouTube, it's it's good, right? <laughs> I think that's how it works. <laughs> um, um, okay, so speaking of toughness, I know we're kind of backtracking a little bit. Um, so, aren't most football teams? You know, training right now. Shouldn't you be at at Columbia <laughs> University no, uh, we football camp? Have a, we have a very late start date, um, so we report next week the twentieth. Um, and actually, our first practice I want to say is the twenty fourth, and then our first game is September seventeenth. So everything's pushed back about two weeks almost. Um, so yeah. I'm okay with it though. <laughs> I yeah, I was gonna say when weeks. I was driving here, it was like ninety seven <laughs> degrees out. I'm like, maybe they are really smart in the Ivy League where they don't <laughs> practice in like 100 degree weather. So, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's not too bad. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, okay, so Danny, what was your favorite part about working with uh, Dr. Clark and uh, the staff here at Parabolic? Favorite part would probably be how much I learned along the way. Um, not only about like um, myself and what I was doing and um, my own recovery and my own progression, uh, but also kind of just everything in general. Um, asking questions about stuff that she'd be doing, like PT, um, about muscles and why things work the way they do and why, you know, that would help me get better from whatever was ailing me at that point. And same thing on the training side, I'd ask, you know, questions about whatever I'd be doing at that point, like certain exercises and why we do it this way and what this, you know, helps me do better. And so the learning process that I went through just being here for the year and a half that it's been at this point, almost two years, is definitely something that, a has made me have an appreciation for all the the work they've done for me and everything that they've helped me get through and get and, and accomplish um and also appreciation for um you know the physical therapy and training itself and what it does for people and especially myself so just the overall thing i'm most appreciative is what i've learned along the way cool um, man um do you know what you're going to study in school uh, i'm actually thinking financial economics is probably going to be what I do, so right. we'll see what happens. If they had a uh, get that money, do yeah. <laughs> if they had a therapy like a exercise science program, I probably would have done something along the lines of that. But they don't have that there as a major, so okay, can't really do that. But it's cool. okay. Um, Doctor Clark, what's the greatest challenge that physical therapists face? Hmm. <laughs> um. Like what I frustrates you at times? I guess is it like. Dealing with insurance, like oh yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely the worst part, <laughs> um, and like paperwork and that kind of stuff. But um, aside from that, the most like the most challenging thing, um, and also the most important thing is you know getting to know who you're treating and figuring out what motivates them. Um, and I don't know that I would say it's necessarily a challenge, but it's the most important piece, um, and figuring out you know how and why they what they want and what they what they need and then you know getting it all to work together and getting people to be compliant because you know athletes when they're motivated like this are great and it's our job is so easy right because if i tell them to do something they're going to do it um and that's why that education piece is so important too but you know a lot of people We'll do it, but then their life gets busy and their focus, their number one focus isn't necessarily physical. Yeah. You know, they're, they've got jobs, they've got families, they've got a lot of other stuff Parties going on. Parties on Friday night. Parties on Friday night. I mean, <laughs> the big things, um, you know, so getting, you know, getting them to understand that, that that's, that 
doing what they need to do is an important piece of it. Right. Um, otherwise the rest of their life is going to get put on hold later on, you know? Yep. So, um, so I would say, I would say that like, has it gotten learning easier? To, yeah. Learning to read people and then getting them, you know, getting them to understand why they're doing things. Has that gotten easier, you know, throughout your career? Oh yeah. I think it's always, kind I of mean, pick up on it quicker. Yeah. Um, you definitely develop, develop that as you go in it, but it's, everybody's different, you know, and everybody's gonna, you know, they might think something motivates them, but it doesn't, you know, and really finding like digging deeper and getting to know, getting to know that is, is really important. Right. Um, so yeah. And oh. then, I mean, you know, we don't, we also don't know everything. So, you know, getting, recognizing that and saying, looking for help. Okay. For... Like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't working and this isn't working. And this doctor says this thing and, you know, five different doctors say five different things. Um, and you know, figuring out that puzzle which is kind of one of the great things about it, but it's also can be frustrating. Right. Well, awesome. Thanks guys for uh, taking your time out of your Saturday to sit down and, and share your story and talk about the, the rehab process. And just before we, we close off, I just always ask this one question and Dr. Clark answered it last week. So I didn't want to ask <laughs> her again. Uh, so what's your personal definition of perseverance? Hmm. Personal definition of perseverance. I want to say, my definition of that would just be like not giving up, never giving in, always finding a way to get past whatever, you know, stops you, whatever's in your face and, you know, climbing over that brick wall that, you know, will stand in front of you and getting past it and figuring out what the next step is after that. And if need be, climbing over every brick wall that comes into your life and just getting over it and getting to the next thing in life. Um, so just never stop and never let anything stop you. Awesome, Danny. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Clark. Thank you, Kevin.